Hello, hello, hello everybody and welcome to what I believe is episode 54 of I Understood That Reference. That's right, knock on the door, it's 54, Robin Ross coming at you live. Was that planned? That (laughs) sounded so rehearsed. (laughs) Well, it sounded rehearsed until I just trailed off and forgot what I was talking about. I mean, that you won't hear that in the edit, so that's fine. Also, that was really funny because we, we were having like some random anchorman chats and we were like, you know, the human torch was denied a bank loan. <laughs> and then as soon as I hit record, I feel like I went into this kind of like, oh, hello, 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 welcome. Yeah. An anchorman mode. It, it, it actually weirdly teed me up. I feel like my, my tones are more sultry. As a result Ooh. of the yeah, because of yeah, the, the Human Torch line, it works. Every, it, that, that isn't just a comedy line; that is a legitimate vocal warm up. I think at this point. Oh, I mean, we do it every time. Yeah, <laughs> along with. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, uh, it's it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster a few weeks now. I gotta I gotta say, lots lots happened for 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 the first time ever in a year and three four months. We actually have some freaking news to talk about. Stuff news. in the cinema slash video game slash pop culture world has actually happened. So you know what? We're not actually going to do six hundred quizzes packed on top of one each other as we usually <laughs> do. Well, for this week only. Oh yeah, no, we'll go back to the quizzes. Don't you? Oh, oh. don't you worry about that. Oh, man. don't you worry. Oh, don't you oh, worry yeah. about that. We're going straight back to the quizzes next week. Get your pens at the ready. There you go, Addy. What are we talking about? Yeah, no, it's gonna be great. A lot has happened, Ross. You and I are one jab in each. Look at us go. So much is changing, and as a result, we've been going to pubs. People are getting excited. We referenced this last time, but cinemas are making a comeback. Movies are out. You can do things in the wild amongst other people. The the, the weather is improving. At least it is for me. I'm not sure what it's like at home. Inconsistent as always, no doubt. But, you know, the times they are changing for now. But uh, I'm jazzed about what about what's to come. Oh, Rob, I I am so jazzed because the, the Casino World opened just last Saturday in Ireland, so I I ha! plan to go back. That's a reference. Very soon. But you just reminded me of something that is actually quite funny. So I'll tell a I'll tell a little tangential story about the pubs opening in Ireland, which links into your the laugh that you were doing there, which is my laugh from last time. <laughs> We were in a bar, which I will not mention, in Dublin, and we were having a few casual drinks. It was all, it was very, it was only four of us, and they're all people, the four people, well, three people and me, that I live with. So we see these people all the time. We're having drinks with them, having a bit of a laugh. (laughs) And about an hour and a half in, I was drinking like a super low 3% weights and measures pints. But the barman (laughs) came out to us and said, guys, I'm afraid we've had a call from upstairs, the neighbour's. You're gonna to have to be quiet. So we were speaking and laughing too loud. <laughs> this is wowzers. I mean, we weren't raucous, like you know, but uh, mad stuff. You're probably shouting things like chorizo. Die. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's a very different. That's a very different thing for a very different time. Oh, uh, that's. <laughs> Wow, you said okay. You said when you said time there, you sounded like someone very famous, and I can't think of who it was. I, I'll, I'll listen back to this episode, and I, and I will think of it. Unfortunately, I can't talk about it now, live in the recording. But I'm gonna enjoy that myself personally now when I think about who that is. Preferably somebody who I like, which is which is not a huge amount of actors knowing me like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even if it was yourself, you'd be disappointed. Oh, oh, realistically, I, mean, I am a disappointment. That's that. That's my whole persona. But ah. Rob, Rob, speaking of speaking of disappointments, disappointment, being a disappointment. Yeah. Usually, I'm an absolutely cynical, mad lad who hates everything. I mean, on this, on the, and trust me, later on, we're going to get into that. Oh yeah. But I have to say, today is a special day, Rob, and it's mad that we're filming the podcast on this day of all days, because oh, the twenty third of June, thirty years ago. Sonic the Hedgehog was released on the Mega Drive. Today is Sonic's 30th anniversary. Is it really? 30 years of Sonic? Isn't that mad? That's mental. Oh, wow. That is making me... 
feel the old age. Oh, oh how do you think I feel? I mean, those years, <laughs> they, uh, they they gotta go fast. <laughs> 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 oh man that's wild i i it's weird because in your head sonic has only ever it's only it can only ever be so old do you know what i mean it's only ever ah this game's only 15 20 years up and that it's hit 30 is just completely knocking me off my chair i have to say but um i talk about a lot of highs and lows as a, as a gaming series they've uh oh produced some serious content and then some absolute <laughs> howlers I mean, the worst part is it's mostly lows at this point. Let's be realistic yeah. about this. But but <laughs> but when Sonic is good, like the recent Sonic Mania that was released, I mean, when it's good, it is almost untouchable. When it's back to its roots. And it's a great concept for a game. A hedgehog that's blue, spins, runs fast, collects rings. I mean, that's it. <laughs> I wouldn't know what think of that sooner. What a perfect concept. It has music done by Michael Jackson and then doesn't get <gasps> Michael Jackson to do it, but you can completely hear all the influences from his songs in Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Oh, I mean, that, 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 that's, that, it has that legacy, actually, as well. That was back in the day when you had famous musicians writing 8-bit music for video games. Like, that's... Yeah, that's, it's exactly. That's the next level. I remember, I remember uh, when I was young, I remember even looking at the Sonic and Knuckles ads would come on on the TV all the time. And it was like all Sega trying to be cool in the 90s. And it was all like, my boy Knuckles has got, he can hang glide and got two big fists. And I was like, well, my boy Sonic can run really fast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and find that trailer and put it up on the, <laughs> on the, on the Twitter because it's really funny. Oh, wow. I, do I even know what that is? I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I don't think you've ever seen it. Now, let's, let's be realistic about this because I'm a little bit older than Rob, unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I was in the comic shop today at the local oh. comic shop um, and they have a nice Sonic the Hedgehog 30th anniversary special and I got it as well and I gotta say it is I haven't read the whole thing yet but God just flicking through it here it is an absolute treat for the eyes it is like Work somebody pulled oh somebody pulled basically the old you know 16-bit video game and just put it into a comic it is so freaking good <laughs> it's just a lot of screen grabs that they've just stuck it and they just put speech text over it they're just like this is easy <laughs> let's turn a few more of these you will not hear any complaints from me have you ever seen the darkly videos actually yes oh my yeah. gosh i forgot about those they're very good what, what's their shtick again? They do, so, like, 8-bit animations, I feel. Exactly, that's, yeah. So they do, like, kind of, you know, they use the actual sprites from the games, and then they'll do, like, a, a funny little parody over it of, like, Mario or Sonic or Mortal Kombat. Some of them are, are quite good, though, I will say. A lot of them are terrible, but some of them are quite funny. I mean, you're, you know, if you throw enough shit at the wall, it's bound to stick at some point. Well, I mean, look at this podcast. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Get up them stairs, you good, you bad thing, yeah. <laughs> or as my dad says, and I do not understand this phrase, up she flew in the cock flattened her. That's another one. I feel right. like that. That I should like. I should put a beep over that at some part of it. Like that sounds very. Oh, actually, she flew and the flattened her. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. You, actually, you should put a few beeps in there, and then people will be guessing what was that word. What flattened her? And the beep flattened her. <laughs> Rob, do, do you do you have? Because I know obviously I'm I'm more the Sonic guy here. But do you mm. have a do you have like a defining Sonic game, or is there one that's oh, always I do. like I actually do. And only the one really because. But I, as a Christmas gift when I was very young, like three years old or four years old, my parents got me a joystick for the home PC. It was a Windows ninety five PC, and I got Sonic two for for Windows ninety five. Oh, what a classic! What a classic! And so, but imagine how silly this is. Like you didn't have to do it this way. Like I, I used other games with with the joystick, but obviously this joystick is like a fucking. You get control an aircraft with this thing. It's a big lump of a thing. And I uh, obviously you could just use you know, WASD for Sonic and Spacebar, but <laughs> I was using this absolute unit of a thing to control Sonic. The trigger, like <laughs> the, using the trigger to like start the spin and, and doing the up and down movement to do uh, just just to navigate the game and even just like to move the characters. But I remember because I was so young. You know, you know when you're younger, you don't you miss you don't understand fully how like even the menu works and how to like progress through levels and stuff. So yeah. I was just for literally two years, just constantly replaying the first level of Sonic two. Cause I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to, to progress or save green the game. Hill zone? Is it green Hill zone? It's green Hill zone. And then slowly over time, I realized <clears throat> if you clear them, 
when you, you can you know you progress the levels then i realize wait i have access to all these other worlds i could have just been moving down a page <laughs> and there's like fucking 12 other landscapes i could pick between and it just suddenly it was like having a whole new game again and i was older a little bit older so i had a bit more dexterity i could play a video games with a bit more finesse and control but i had huge i poured man i poured dozens and dozens of hours into green hill zone on sonic 2 let me tell you and as soon as you put the second level on you were like now i want to go back to green hill zone yeah no <laughs> This is unfamiliar terrain. I don't like it. What was great about those games is, and you know, some of those arcadey platforming ones were good for it as well. They had a lot of hidden secret areas to go to. So, like when you unlock oh tails, yeah. you could go back and you could fly up to the instead of going forward to the right, you fly up and go back to the left against the grain. And suddenly, there's this whole other like version of the level that you could do like above the top with like tails and, and navigate the level. That I was like, wow! Look at me figuring things out. Look at me go. I, m- I remember when, when so they released, and this is years after Sonic 2 was out, they released uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and you could plug the Sonic 2 cartridge onto that, and then you could play Knuckles in Sonic 2, and you could, like, climb walls, and you could hang glide, and it was just, I remember at the time as a kid, I'm like, this is the best thing that I've ever seen. And you know what? To this day, I haven't seen much better. <laughs> <laughs> and that just goes for life in general. Look. That's Sonic. Happy 30th anniversary, Sonic. I'm really glad happy to see Happy birthday, you. Sonic. Yeah, happy birthday. And it's just amazing that we happen to be recording on this very day. So I, I had to shout that out. But, Rob, speaking mm. of childhood things that you remember, perhaps more than I remember. Oh! Flip, a flip to what we're talking about there. Rob, you said before Hello. that you used to watch Beast Wars, the Transformers Beast Wars. Oh, Is that sh- correct? I absolutely did. It was iconic. It was 90s, sort of late 90s, early noughties CG TV show. And it looks appalling. But at the time, I was like, look at this show. Look at those dinosaurs transform. Look at that tiger. Look at him transform. Mmm. Look at this stuff. And then I got the toys. So I have the... I have the Megatron purple uh, T-Rex. The T-Rex, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, For years... I it, it it escaped me why it wouldn't close into its transformed dinosaur properly, and I had no idea why it wasn't working. Then I realized that I just twisted the legs 180 by accident, and they had been facing the wrong way together uh, for like a year. And then I accidentally twisted back. I was like, "Oh my god!" This whole time it's just because now it suddenly clips shut, like this the satisfying snap of the transformer back in its rightful position. I remember thinking to myself, God damn it, between this and Sonic, <laughs> I wasn't very intuitive. <laughs> I've been missing everything. Yeah. You've only played the first 10 minutes of The Last of Us and you switch it off every time. Yes. That you actually go 10 years forward, you're like, nah. Yeah, I feel like I, yeah, I, I keep I keep losing. I go, oh, damn it, the daughter keeps dying. Yes, you oh, I, I, I guess I got to restart. I was like, I, I can't. Quick I, don't, load it. I don't know how to save her. Quick loading it every time. Actually, oh. the, the, just speaking of uh, Transformers breaking, the head of my hound broke off the other day. I'm going to leave it at that. I, but, I beg your pardon. Oh, oh, you heard me. But Rob, <laughs> Rob, you loved the Beast Wars then. Yeah, you're a big fan. I was a big fan. So how are you feeling about the announcement that the Transformers 7 is Rise of the Beasts? Hold on. Is this? Oh, yeah. Is this the Michael Beta verse? So, Trans- so no, nobody knows yet. <laughs> of course, of course, nobody knows. They have a title. They're like, ah, somebody will make this. Peter Cullen is back as Optimus Prime. He's in his G one, which is the Bumblebee version of him. But Bumblebee's also in it. He's going to be the All Terrain Camaro. So, I mean, nobody knows what that means. We Wait, got RC- Peter Cullen is playing Bumblebee. No, no, Peter Cullen's playing Optimus Prime. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. but there's also going to be uh, maximals. There's going to be beast. There's going to be beasts because they kind of hinted at that when they did the weird dinosaurs in one of the one of the movies has a dinosaur. Yeah, but they but they're the Dinobots. They were they were in G one anyway. That's 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 fine. But we're getting oh. actual like maximals and predacons and terracons and everything. Air Razor, Rhinox, Optimus oh. Primal. So. Uh... <laughs> I am I excited? I'd be. I, I thought you were gonna say they're remaking the show. That would have had me excited, from a nostalgia standpoint at least. And I have no allegiance to the, to the this Transformers averse that Michael Bay has sort of shoehorned into existence. It, I mean, if it was an extension of Bumblebee, then maybe I could get on board with that because that 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 movie had a nice aesthetic. But potentially it is because it's set in '94. What? What? 
Yeah, I, who knows? Who knows? But it's set in ninety four. The director of Creed two is directing it. What? Um, All right. Excuse uh, me. Stephen <laughs> Stephen Capel Jr. So. And apparently the, 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 the story is we're going to get underneath the surface of Optimus Prime uh, and explore who he is and his experiences on Earth. Okay. There's a, there's a, there's a quote here. Uh, I was somewhere anyway, and it was like, we wanted to, 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 to mesh the over-the-top explosions of the Michael Bay films and action with the humor and heart of Bumblebee. And I'm like, so just, just make a sequel to Bumblebee, for God's sake. Just, just make a sequel to Bumblebee. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not joking. I yawned as you read that description. On it, I, I, not, I, not forced. It just happened. I was like, oh, this says it all, really. <laughs> Subconscious. Yeah. So Beast Wars coming to the real... I don't know about this. I mean, it's going to be... Ugh, it's got to be a thing. I'm not enthused by it, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I look, here's the thing. Because I, I was never I was never a Beast Wars guy. I remember I had a demo for a PC game of it, and it looked about as bad as the cartoon series. Oh, it's probably one of those games demos you got in, in a serial on a little mini-disc or something. Do you know what? It Perhaps it was, actually. It wouldn't surprise me. There was a lot of that shit going around back when that show was out. And it's like not to be cynical, but my problem here is if you listen to the directors, the director talk about it, he's kind of like we we brought the Maximals and the Terracons in and the Predacons because we, we we didn't really know how much more we could do with the Autobots versus the Decepticons. So I'm like, at this point, we're seven movies in. Can we not just like do what the comics did and maybe just like like just set it after the war? Or maybe just use the characters as characters as opposed to still continuing the Autobots versus Decepticons. I mean, surely at this stage, seven movies in, we know, we know all that. You can just tell a different story, you know? Just tell a different story. Or just do, do here's one thing that they haven't done properly. Do it off Earth. It doesn't have to be on Earth. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Why don't they do that? Because that's where the, that's where the, that's literally, that's, that's, un- that's untouched ground, quite literally. Like, they haven't gone... To other planets properly, except with the you know, with the exception of that amazing Bumblebee intro. Yeah, except for the best part of Bumblebee. <laughs> exactly, and like people are like, oh, but do you know what? People want no, people want humans. No, they don't. Nobody wants to see Marky Mark shouting and drinking Budweiser while he's saving the world. Supposedly, like there's no, that's completely lost its charm. The 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 like interacting with people. I, sorry, I know there was a nice sort of human Bumblebee relationship in Bumblebee, but you've got me. I'm not going anywhere. Okay, now you've covered that terrain. So let's just go off worlds. Let's let's do do the comic version that you said of like the the unknown characters. Take a gamble that's not the status quo. Like take a gamble on the franchise and shake things up and go to Cybertron and have it with the B-list characters just having a political kind of debate or something or figuring things out and then big battles and all that kind of stuff and Yeah. People would enjoy it. People and like it's it's more it's it's like it's like you just said there, Bumblebee did the kind of humany element bit like you know what I mean. Bumblebee did that. Okay, very we human. had a relationship now, very human, very down to earth. We can move on now. We've done the human, the the robot and the friend bit. You know, we've done the oh, now. To death. Let's just take the story. Yeah, to death. And you did it properly in Bumblebee. So now let's just take the story somewhere else. Please, for the love of God. But anyway, I just I just knew that was hot off, hot off the press, hot off the press last night. So uh, you had me up at you had me up at a, on such a high there, thinking of oh, Beast Wars, and then oh no, it's part of the movies. So I kind of I'm up and down here. Um, so then it went hot off the pressing. But uh, yeah, <laughs> do you want to hit us with some news, Rob, or anything you want to talk about? Yeah, sure. Uh, ooh, ooh, what do we talk about? We're kind of jumping all over the place. Um, here's I feel like we could we we touched on some video games here and there why don't we dive into a little bit of e3 since it's been relatively recent i think there's some stuff we can shite on about in here um, there sure is and why was top of mind as well as so you and i had a nice session of of battlefield 5 with our, our friend kevin last night and uh so for those like look we know for the gamers listening battlefield, battlefield 5 has been out for fucking two or three years at this point but it's, it was a free game of the month there the other month and we downloaded it and what a great laugh that game is oh that it's real rarely am I so blown away by a game's sound design, but this is extraordinary stuff, like real intense warfare explosions, bullets whizzing, metal clanking, bones breaking, all sorts of stuff is happening. But um, obviously, there's an additional furore around the the Battlefield uh, franchise because they announced Battlefield 2042, their journey E3. That was was one of the big AAA titles that they released. Not many games. Um, You know, Sony had a very low feature 
and then everything else that was Xbox was so ham-fisted. People were getting sick. It was it was so bad. You mean you didn't like how Halo Infinite looked? No, the I didn't. The fact that it looked like it was about three console generations ago, but I mean... But, the, but and, and everything about... Everything, at least with like the Nintendo, I didn't watch all of it at all. I just watched some clips here and there. But at least with Nintendo, they have their fun little. Ooh, we're Nintendo. Look at the quippy and the fun. Look at the little charm we have. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Ooh, we're fun. You don't know what we're gonna do. And then like Look, we're, we're, we're releasing the Zelda. That's like a, that's like a weird one of those LCD games that everyone hated, even when they were released twenty five years ago. And we're releasing the <laughs> Zelda one now again. Isn't that great? Oh, More remakes. Okay, Nintendo. Nobody. No. There's there's such a rarity of like. <laughs> like unique new ideas in media in general but at least i feel like with video games they're they've they've a better percentage but god it's remake it's it's the remake era at the moment uh oh, buy ps5 and you can play all the ps4 remakes you could possibly imagine yeah yeah and also good luck buying that ps5 also yeah we're, get one. oh yeah because we're not <laughs> so yeah it's false uh stock shortages just to generate buzz around it yeah, where the hell was I going with that? Oh, yeah, so Nintendo are kind of fun and quippy. PlayStation, at least, they try stuff. So they'll try really adv- adventure stylish things. Like, I remember one time to intro the whole, like, PS- the play- PlayStation, like, press conference one year, they had, like, just this 100-man choir singing the music to God of War <laughs> to, intro- to intro the thing, which is, like, impressive. There was at least a spectacle. They were trying something. And then you go to Microsoft, <clears throat> and it's this incredibly stiff robotic performances from executives who don't have a fucking clue what fans want or what to talk about and like trying to generate buzz for the risen danny and boy oh boy is the same old shite again and there's extra kind of tension because microsoft are just they're they're panicking so all they're, they're just buying up all the big game studios so they bought bethesda very which is a very yeah very yeah very publicly yeah high profile acquisition re- recently and of course now they're like oh well, we bought bethesda we're losing the playstation so we're just going to buy a company that normally makes games for both platforms just so that we can this is how we get the good exclusives we're just going to buy the maker of fallout and um, yeah what's it the big one that bethesda do there's a is it skyrim skyrim yeah so there you go so a lot of questions there but um they don't own ubisoft or activision whoever the hell makes battlefield maybe ea there we go third time lucky that looks fun it does and also it's like everyone's like there's no single player it's only multiplayer only so i'm a single player guy but i have not touched the single player of battlefield 5 because you know what it's just it's just not that type of game if you exactly I, f- I feel like that the first person shooters nowadays they're not unless it is something like a halo where the story is so so integral mm-hmm. these games aren't made for single player yeah, with, with Halo, I always feel like it's campaign first and multiplayer is second, whereas Battlefield has become this thing where the signature piece has always been the multiplayer. And I think yeah. the more they've made these games, they realize that the... And they probably know by like player activity and like trophy count and stuff of the percentage of people that are playing the game, only a tiny percentage are, are even completing and you, you know per, like doing the, the single-player story. So maybe they just consolidate and were like... We, we, we there's no point spending the time and effort on a campaign that only like five percent of people who purchase it are going to play like that's there's a there's a business decision was made there which makes sense to me to then like you know make the multiplayer even better but there's no story but there's gonna be big in-game events all the time in all these maps and stuff to like keep things interesting and kind of a loose thread of a story i think across all of it to to kind of keep things spicy yeah because there's no there's no like return on investment if you're like piping loads of money into making cutscenes and these big exactly. set pieces and getting yeah. actors and motion capture and nobody plays it nobody touches it as i said even i haven't i haven't gone near it and i'm like i love that game i absolutely love it and even i'm not tempted to go play the single player which should tell you literally all you need to know about it i mean i've i've, ha- I've i had battlefield three and four and i've had battlefield one and the world war one one i played all the campaigns and i did like them to be honest because it's kind of a nice i like to de- you know it's like it's nice to change from the multiplayer sometimes but um, I understand why they arrived at this because I haven't played the Battlefield Five campaign yet because I just every time I turn it on I'm just going into this outrageous warfare. I like I, I feel like they've taken time with this one. Like there's been a while. This has been like three or I think this this game has been development for four years. They're saying, and I think they've really been trying to get it right because Battlefield Five is technically a, a bit of a miss financially for EA. Um, and then of course seeing the success but that's for of... loads of stupid silly reasons as well oh like, I know it's there's a female t- there's a female undercover we can't have a female undercover of a war game Blah. yeah a video game they're okay yeah when it comes to realism they're o- fans are 
expectant, not even okay. They're expecting to be able to jump out of a, a fighter jet, I was gonna say a bazooka, that. a plane out of the air, and then land back <laughs> in the plane. But putting women in the game, now that's the step that's too far. That's the unrealistic yeah. part of the whole thing. Like, pick a fucking lane. No, I won't, I won't stand for that. Oh, man. Some of that toxic gamer culture is... Yo. It is the piss of humanity. God almighty. But- I mean, look, not, not to go to another Rocket League story, but as I said, I was on Rocket League recently enough, and I have to say, some of the stuff that was said to me, I, I mean, I mean, we've Appalling. laughed about some of the stuff before in this podcast. I won't repeat it because it's too... But I even I was like, holy shit, that's... It was dark. And as I said before, my, my humor is pretty dark, but this was... This was just like grim, grim stuff. Like, I mean, we say a lot of shite on this podcast, and if the, it should tell listeners enough that are like, I know what, you, what you're talking about, and I would not feel comfortable iterating. No, it not, a, not, a ch- but, not a chance. But it's outrageous what people would be like over a game. But there you go. But like this, I think you know, with with Battlefield, they're really trying to cater. They're really trying to hone in on what they feel is, you know, a game that Battlefield players want to play, as opposed to like, you know, they they, they there was this big slick kind of um cinematic release and then they released some gameplay yeah. and it had some very interesting elements like a lot of interesting gameplay elements that would would make playing in like these big battle modes a lot of fun like changing weather systems like it could be sandstorms and hurricanes that move through the map that literally lift everything up into the air there's wingsuits you can also change your class atta- or your class attachments mid-game depending on what like if it's long range versus short range things like that um, and they're really trying to make it for like, like there's like, like essentially like a Batman grapple hook. Oh, I saw, I saw that. It's like Apex Legends. Yeah, yeah like it's like they're trying to make it fun. I think in arcadey, but also you know epic and chaotic. And they've taken time, I think, to f- finesse this because Warzone really was a hit. And I I am under the impression that maybe they were thinking about releasing this maybe later last year. And they're like, no, we need to let you know uh, Warzone run its course a little bit more here, and then we come in with a big thump, and you know. Everybody will knock jump it out. Sh- of the everybody, park, everybody right? will jump ship at the end of the year when this is released. But um, I mean, I'll probably I I'd buy it on the basis of how much fun I've had with the other Battlefield. Oh, titles, me, to yeah, be me fair. too. Yeah, to be fair to it, because the fact that it was free. Uh, yeah, exactly. We've got a lot of free games, so I'm I'm okay with buying one if that's what it takes. <laughs> I have to. It's been a while now since I've I've found a game that's been so. Because even I haven't gone back to Warzone at all since I've started playing this. And you know what? I don't have to download a sixty gigabit update every two weeks to play the damn thing. Like, <laughs> but it's just even the like even the multiplayer games like we were saying earlier. We had a really fun game just there the other night uh, where Rob's friend Kev was basically keeping me alive because I hadn't died in one of the rounds, which is an amazing feat. So he changed his like class to a medic, which means he can like if I fall down, he can pick me up really quickly. And he just did that for the game, following me to keep me alive. And like we were having this side <laughs> adventure on one on this map that is massive, that like ninety nine percent of other people probably never even came across us. And we were kind of having these random little battles and journeys and adventures in the midst of it all. So it's just you feel like the scale is so epic. Like it's such oh, yeah. a large scale. Like Oh yeah, like they're just not safe. And then the the, the the if you've got headphones on then the sound and the atmosphere really comes into play. Like there was a point where I was just in this we we're in this like French farm village and I was just in a house and a plane was shooting at the building and then crashed into the building I was in like blew all the walls away <laughs> knocked me over and then it even replicated that sort of sound sound effect where like there's that it, it dulls all the main sound and then there's like this this high-pitched ringing like you were shell-shocked in real life or something and it really because that's then what you're hearing you're hearing what the character would be experiencing there's a real it really sells the the atmosphere and like the action and i was go I, I was shouting over going jesus jesus christ what's up to happening a plane has just crashed into the building that's what's happened <laughs> So it has great fun moments like that, which don't happen, I feel, as much on Warzone because it's it's too intense and it requires too much precision and skill. If you're not a brilliant player, you're not going to have as many kind of fun, wacky moments then. I, I, you know, I don't, and because and you're afraid to kind of run out from behind cover yeah. or to take a risk. Yeah, which is, yeah, I guess speaks to the kind of... It's the start. To be fair, yeah, that's the format, I guess. Yeah, that's I suppose yeah, that's yeah. kind of situation but but that, yeah that's that's a good game i'm looking forward to but you know from the you know the pinnacle of what could be a great multiplayer experience to the the dip the depths of despair we have to talk about the guardians of the galaxy situation good <laughs> god in heaven <laughs> this let you game. take this one <laughs> so look look i mean look i want to be jesus oh, <laughs> i wanted to like this game i really did so square enix has the uh 
has the rights to basically all the the Marvel games now because they did the Avengers as well. But mm. you know what? It looked it looked fun from what I saw first. It's like a third person shooter. You're Star Lord. It's kind of the '80s music is there. It plays a real big part of it, where the '80s music is actually built into a gameplay aesthetic. And I was mm. like. You know, maybe from the trailer, I was like, you know, the graphics are good. Looks pretty, looks like a fairly and generic. And I, to use the other, I don't know if you can jump between characters. I hope that does reveal to be the case. You cannot. Oh, okay. But at least you can use them as like yes, as, assist can. moves. You can be like, oh, you can call Drax in to do like a power move and then get Rocket to like shoot. So, you know, you can also use the other ones kind of on the fly as well. Strategically. Yeah. yeah. Which sounds like a fun mechanic. Yeah, and, and you can make these decisions about like you know where characters go in the cutscenes and blah, 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 blah. It looks kind of... And I was like, this looks good. The, the 80s music, I'm a big sucker for 80s music, even though it is definitely leaning too much into the James Gunn stuff. But I was like, whatever, whatever. And then I watched a gameplay trailer, about a 10 minute long gameplay trailer. And I was just like, you were talking about the sound of Battlefield. I was about ready to yank my ears off really slowly. <laughs> so much so that I had to take, the, get the video, send it to you. And I was just like, really like almost accusatory. I was like... Yeah. What do you notice in this video? What do you notice? The first Tell thing me. comes to your head. And you were like, oh God, I don't know what, I don't know what you want me to say, Ross. I'm like, what do you notice? What do you notice about this video? <laughs> it's just like the constant quips and talking between characters that obviously thinks it's so clever and funny and witty. And I was just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, It never takes a breath oh. in the in the sort of... the. the it's trying to go for the banter. Like it's the game is lost between they they were obviously trying to strike a balance between we want to we want we want to obviously we're heavily inspired by James Gunn's interpretation because that's what was successful and that's what people you know in general know you know in terms of pop culture, but we also want to kind of put our own little spin on it. So we want to have the yeah. James Gunn quippiness and also our own little style, our own little thing that we're gonna. But all that all that they've done is to achieve that they've decided that oh this is very straightforward. We'll just take the joke sort of per minute count and multiply it by 10 by 700 yeah 7 million and i would say to you be like it'd be good if at least some of the jokes landed but none of them do (laughs) it's not funny at all so (laughs) you're not laughing when they think they're like writing this funny dialogue and like it's the whole point is like that style worked for the film because you're you're it's very in control because obviously it's a film and you can't impact anything that happens and they can allow they know when to take beats and have like respite between funny scenes and moving scenes. Whereas in a video game, you kind of need to have filler and they you know between moving between different areas in a level or whatever. But they've decided like I even said this to you, the gameplay starts <laughs> and the gameplay starts with the characters just moving nothing. It's just this empty road or path. They get literally t- <laughs> and that just services as a vehicle for more jokes to be delivered. As beast merchants, we will easily gain access to Lady Hellbender. Good. We've already got a beast. All that's left is the merchant part. Good thing I put on my official merchant costume. There is no such thing. Right? The fact you ain't sure don't vote so good. Because that's what they think is the selling point, not the gameplay. It's just you walking. I'm like, when are they going to get into any gameplay? It's been five minutes of walking around doing nothing except listen to this guy shite on about something. But, but but then, like, when they got into the actual fight, like, it, okay, well, now maybe the dialogue is going to subside a little so the fight can happen. And it's like, nope, nope, that no. dialogue just kept on going. Just, I'm like, oh, they were using those assist moves where you're like, Drax, do this, or, you know, Gamora, take a swipe at this guy. And every time they, like, say another quip, like, like oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll cut his hair with my blade or something. It's like, shut up. <laughs> shut up and do it, like, you know what I mean? I just oh, I'll be, if I get that game, I'll be like, they're better in the options mode. There better be like a dialogue off. <laughs> He's thinking the same thing. <laughs> oh my oh. god, it was. I think there's even a bit where they're putting Groot in a box, and it goes oh, on for ages. Mind, yeah. It's like the team has to decide. A, it's like oh, this the, the, the player gets to make a choice. You get to make a choice. Put it. You can put raccoon or r- fucking rocket raccoon in the box. Or you can put Groot in the box. You get to decide, and it affects the gameplay. Ooh. And for ages, there's this forced banter over and back. It's like, I think we should do this. And then Rocket inexplicably has a conversation with Groot in this box. Just a cutscene for five minutes. Just them talking about how, don't worry, buddy, I'll get you out. I am Groot. Yeah, 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 don't worry. Yeah, you keep doing that. I am Groot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, there's no value out here. This is just just trying to replicate the movie. But it it doesn't work. It doesn't, you can't... (laughs) 
and instead of like making or because there's a lot of dialogue it's a video game you know it doesn't have the facial recognition of Chris Pratt and you know what I mean like and Dave Bautista and stuff so it's like uh, why won't we get all the voices so the voices of like of Drax and the voice of Star-Lord and Rocket Raccoon and how about we make them sound exactly the same so you never know who at any one moment is actually quipping it's just <laughs> yeah, exactly. somebody is the same, I mean, you can just this is the same voice actor just on the fly. I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. And make sure you don't put on a different accent or voice for either any of the characters you're playing. Is that all right? <laughs> I mean, I guess I can do that. We're making this on the cheap, if it wasn't already clear. Yeah. God, and just looks like the most. And then when I looked at the gameplay trailer, it's the most generic third person, just kind of wandering around from point A cutscene to point B cutscene to point C cutscene, and I'm like, mm. oh. Yeah, I won't be playing that game, basically. <laughs> yeah, I like. I get what they were trying. I, there was potential in, like, you know, lead, uh, you to your point, there's, like, a special where music starts playing and it, like, amps up their powers and it's, like, 80s jams while you're battling things. But it just, it, it still lacked substance at the end of the day. Oh, completely, yeah. But, yeah. but, speaking of style and substance, Ooh. I sent you a trailer before this. I'm not so sure you got to look at it, but did you see it for a, a, a game called Replace? Yes, I was watching it. Okay, I mean, look, I'm I'm not usually like a. I mean, I have a few indie games, but my God in heaven, that looks fantastic. It's the very retro style. Yeah. Oh, it's very retro. It's like a mix of like sprites, but in 3D environments, kind of pixel pixel art and all that. But it looks, I, I don't know, there's something to it that looks kind of like sinister. The music is excellent. It looks really unique at like neon soaked kind of Blade Runner esque world going on. I think it looked fantastic. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a two D side scroller, but it's like all layered. So there's a three D environment layered with sprites. So there's like stuff in front of you and walking behind you, and in front and it looks just really good. But then you you like it looks like you can do hand to hand combat and like gunplay. But it looks oh, I don't know, it looks so unique. And the music, the music for the trailer is phenomenal as well. So I'm like. That, give me that one I mean, you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy and you talk about you know kind of like noise and gimmicks and explosions and gimmicks and quips and quips and then you look at this really silent really kind of intelligent looking game I'm like sign me up for that the indie ones I have to say have been the indie games lately in the last few four, five, six, seven years are just you, when you get a good one you get something I mean like look I didn't want to make this Undertale it's oh, back here it is it's back. I didn't want to make the whole podcast <laughs> about Undertale but if again not to make me sound like a cynical prick but if you want to play a game that will take your absolute breath away I've been obsessed with it since it came out the soundtrack is amazing mm. it's all basically programmed and the music and all that and the game itself done by one guy called Toby Fox it's an RPG of sorts but just wonderful wonderful indie game I have to say there's so much value in some of those indie games it's actually nice to see kind of on a similar theme around leaning back, kind of going back to old roots and just giving them full attention and like just doing it right. Like you're going just, just committing a hundred percent to a more traditional arcade idea or a platformer that doesn't have to look hyper realistic or it doesn't have to be this really edgy, dark and moody kind of open world with like Ubisoft towers of sometimes you can just make a good platformer with atmosphere yeah. and like make it and really polish it and another good example of that is the latest Ratchet and Clank film or film uh, game is getting rave oh, reviews because of how well made it is because it's the guys behind that Spider-Man game it's Insomniac and they have <clears throat> it's actually a real treat to see the studio constantly returning to like the same franchise every now and again like just you know they've been doing it for like 20 years at this point so they've really fine-tuned like the mechanics of those games and I remember thinking have they not run out of ideas of how to do like Ratchet and Clank people are loving this game because they've just they've committed to like this is it doesn't have to be this really slick looking last of us edgy kind of which obviously has its own place but it's okay for the game to be arcadey and colorful and cartoonish or whatever you know and they're they're the ones that seem to be making a real mark the the, the less obvious yeah, ones yeah. versus you know your battlefields and your war zones and things like that and if you've seen, um, which is great have you seen see. any of the clips? Because they do like, there's loads of like little film references and loads of little nods to it. So I've seen a little of it. Yeah, I watched one of the reviews. It's really good fun. Just the Predator. And incredible. Like, it's like they've also kind of blended Portal into it a little yes, bit. Yes, where well. you're going like, through like time. A portal dimension mechanic. Like, clever stuff going on in there. Now, now my problem is that I was I've always been a Jack and Daxter guy so my leanings are always towards Jack and Daxter as opposed to Ratchet and Clank but just to see that kind of platformy style game coming back I am a-okay with that mm. well Jack and Daxter is a Naughty Dog property or at least it was yep. and I it's going to be very hard to coax them into doing something that's not hyper-realistic at this rate have you did you see did you see the uh, the screenshots of the hyper-realistic Jack and Daxter that they were going to make that The Last of Us came from 
Hideous. What? No. Hideous, hideous stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll put it up on Twitter and I'll send it on to you. Hideous stuff. Oh, no. Also, uh, that's not what no. you want. That's not what the doctor ordered. It's the opposite. Also, I don't want to talk about this, but I just want to say for one second, uh, Avatar is also getting the game and it looks about as good as the Avatar films, which is a piece of shit. Don't know why it's here. It looks like it was <laughs> 20 years ago. Why are you doing this? Just stop it. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> oh. I, I, it kind of inspi- it's, I kind of. Is there any gameplay footage out for it yet, or is it just that? There's just trailer? that trailer. Thank God. I mean, if there's gameplay footage, I, I probably would not look at it. So, <laughs> I think it's. It looks like they're trying to lean into like the, the Far Cry kind of first person, yeah, sort of hunting mechanics, yes. style. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, we're more like Far Why. <laughs> really right. Get out of here, Avatar. Nice. Go on. Hop into your bloody, your bloody, your your horse with the tail and get get out of there. Gallop, gallop so out look, of here. So look, over, overall, I would say bit bit of a bit of a disappointing E three, but uh, I guess mm. there is one other one that I want to do as an honorable mention, and it's um, Dying Light two. I I watched a gameplay video for that, and it's basically like Mirror's Edge meets zombies, Ta-da. and it actually looks really fun. It's like this open world city, and obviously the zombies about different kind of clans and sort of uh you know uh, kind of cohorts that you can uh, you know create alliances with depending on what kind of style or kind of you know person you want to be in the game um and there's a lot of like really interesting like vertical and hard like it's a very vertical game as well in terms of how you can like escape you know from zombies and they come out at night and they're extra dangerous but that's where all the valuable loot is and it actually i have to say it looks like a lot of fun i kind of missed the first one i didn't realize that that's what it was about but this looks this looks decent, I have to say. Like, it looks impressive. So, so that one's well worth checking so weirdly, out. So weird, I didn't see that trailer, but when I was looking up, I just clicked, like, E3 games, so I'd have a list in front of me, and it's what the first one that's there is is Dying Light 2. So there you go. Maybe maybe I should maybe I should check that out. I think you should. I mean, a lot of games were released, and I didn't... I wasn't all enthused by half of them, if any. There's another one called The Elden Ring. Your man from fucking George R. R. Martin is involved in that. And it's the, the guys from From Software, isn't it? It's it's Dark Souls yeah, guys. So, yeah, so exactly. So it's the Dark Souls guys with George R. R. Martin and basically just another excuse for him not to finish the books that he started 20 years now, ago. Just he's going on to another project. I I hear I, I do doing. hear that his involvement is more like a James Cameron involvement in Terminator or Salvation or whatever it's called where 10 <laughs> years from now he's going to be like... So basically, if, if it's good or not, that's oh, exactly, exactly. whether he feels like he's involved. the level of his involvement, yeah. Oh, why? Rave reviews? Yeah. Oh, I was I was heavily involved in the production of this game. It gets bad reviews, which it will not. Oh, I I basically... Uh, somebody was like, is this a character? You call him Asgranaut or something. I don't know. Hmm. I just gave them some pointers, but uh, I didn't have any creative input or direction yeah. or you know. But inputs. before it came out, I, I did bullshit, say bullshit, I did bullshit. say I stand beside it and I stand behind how good it is. And then as soon as it's released, about face, terrible film, never even saw it. <laughs> have you seen David Cameron or David Cameron? David Cameron. David Jesus, Cameron. Robert, Jesus. come on. James Cameron has released one of those masterclass courses. Oh Jesus! He's got one now. He's on that band. Are they those? Are they those online course things? I yeah, have yeah. a year subscription today. Uh, I completely forgot about it. And I should really use it. Yeah, what? yeah, somebody got it before. Fucking Martin Scorsese and Sam Jackson and Gordon Ramsay and like I they really want me to buy it. They are advertising to me the whole time. <laughs> the, the, I'm like, there's one here. How to make a podcast. I should probably listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From David Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> David Cameron talking about Avatar. He's like nothing to do with it. <laughs> That is hilarious. Uh, if I was making, if I was making Avatar, uh, I would put it to a vote. David Cameron's and I would Avatar. <laughs> David, David Cameron's Avatar. Excellent. <laughs> the referendum of Pandora. Oh Jesus! Yeah. Oh well, there we go. Yeah, they're making that fucking game. What else is? Uh, yeah, that's about it. I don't, there's nothing else worth talking about in that. It, we, look, it was a very lackluster year. I feel they didn't really have the. The volume of releases they would like. Yeah. Now blame the pandemic all you want for that, but I don't know. But anyway, look, Rob, enough enough about E3. Is there is there anything else? Is there is there maybe one more thing you want to cover? There's there's one more thing I want to say, but I want I want to leave the floor open to you first. There's a movie coming out with Nick Cage called Pig. He's got a pig that uh, looks for truffles, and maybe he's a chef. Maybe as in Nick Cage is not the pig, and maybe it's a horror <laughs> film, or maybe it's not. I it. This, the 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 trailer was astonishingly confusing. Is he just is he just like, I mean, obviously he's leaning into his persona lately. But is he just been like, look, whatever? He's always had a weird sh- like film choices, but is now he literally just going, 
just whatever comes my way just just sign just sign whatever whatever it. whatever script comes into the comes in the post he's making I feel, it i feel like that is the case um, i think what actually might have happened is he, maybe a takeaway menu landed in the door of his house one day he's like i want to do this movie like nick that's just no that's that's a menu for that's, a local yeah. italian place no no, no. I want to make a movie about pig. Please, Mr. Cage, please. please. We, we, you please. just want to take your order, please. We make a film. <laughs> about a pig. And me. I want, Dave, I want David Cameron on the line to make this film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> $200 million budget. Pig. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. David Cameron's pig. That actually... That actually... <laughs> that lines up. That lines up. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> And now we're in an episode of Black Murph. <laughs> oh, back in the Murph. Back in oh, back. That well, that we, I mean, that went right there. That all paths were leading to that. All paths were leading to that. Oh, I am laughing. Yeah. Anyway, look, I don't want to. I don't want to oh, avatar his name anymore. We, we, oh, oh. Oh. get up right. Okay, there. so so I I want one last thing. I don't want to ruin anything. I only want to cover it for two seconds because I know you haven't seen it, Rob. That's okay. But I just want to make a point. Oh. I want to make a point. At this moment, all right. So, mm-hmm. I I just want I just want like you know you know when something's like a mega a mega thing that everybody loves and everyone's on board, and like maybe I think people lose the ability to step back and look at it kind of critically, uh, and not get caught up in the in the whole stratosphere of it, right? So I the the the, the the behemoth and a show I love, returned. Rick and Morty was on just three nights ago, I believe. Uh, the episode five, episode one of season five. Now I'm not going to ruin anything about it. I'm not going to say anything about it at all, really, about the story or anything like that. I'm just going to say the reviews for it online are tremendously positive, which which is which is good. But mm-hmm. I I I'm going to give my opinion here of it, Rob. I hope that's okay. That's not. I mean, that's yeah. fine. No, I, I'm listening yeah. to it. I just oh, want to yeah. spoil it for you, but I won't, I won't spoil anything about it. Um, I thought the episode was incredibly lackluster. Oh yeah, I t- I think we've. <laughs> I should have said that. <laughs> oh yeah, cool. I mean, we've talked about this before. When you know, when a show reaches its apex and it's hard to maintain that level, and like, yeah, people get caught up in the romantic idea of how brilliant yes. it is. So they want it. They 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 want it to be so brilliant, so they will it into being that case. I actually did notice on Metacritic how high the reviews were, and I actually kind of got jazzed there for a second. I thought, oh, wow, is it really look, that good? Like, it's very highly rated. It could rated. just be me. It could it could potentially just be me. But look, I, I'm a huge fan of that show. Like, you know that. I've 90% of my clothes are Rick and Morty-themed clothes. Like, and that's not... You know you know that's not an exaggeration. Actually, I have a little Rick just looking at me right here, like. But, um, yeah, I just... That's, I, I think that's the, the real... The real tragedy of it i like it, it's it's because the show has set such a high bar for itself it's weird now to see an episode that is so by the numbers and and everything that was in it is all just ground that they've already trodden and that's why i'm a little bit afraid that like and darren Harmon's look trust me i mean i love community and he changed that show constantly and we were talking about this before that and i said i wonder with the nature of animation almost lead it to stagnate because at least when your actors are are kind of getting older and they're moving on to different projects that almost that almost pushes the the, the narrative forward itself and for this one like mm. this was as bog standard all the tropes were done in a, all they've all been done in rick and morty before and much much better so i don't really know it was i don't know it was like a weird it was like a weird misstep in a way and maybe it's just one off maybe the next one will be great maybe it's just me but I did not love it at all. I was, in fact, I, I barely laughed. No, I was just gonna say I will watch it. But we talked about this before. How I said that I I remember the fourth season the least, and that's the most recent one because as the shows progressed, it's become less memorable yeah. for me because it was so iconic and so interesting and so novel in the earlier seasons that by the time it got just to the fourth one, I was already kind of like, oh, like this is funny, but. You know, it's kind of going where I'm expecting it yeah, to go. Yeah, and, and that's uh, that's what happens. Uh, yeah. And again, not that it's not enjoyable, just not at that. Because it's it's like with anything that's that you really enjoy that's, that has an explosive start in terms of success, in terms of humor and style. It's always going to seem better when you first watch it because you've never seen anything like that before. And that so it will always wane over time. It's hard to maintain the innovation and all that, but... um. I, I already told you like I started rewatching in preparation for this season I started watch, rewatching season 4 and I was like Jesus I don't remember half of these yeah. episodes at all 
just because of and i remember them then as they come i was like god but like not as not i don't reference these moments like i do some of the other ones from the no, other and, and there's some there's some but, absolute duds in that series as well like i mean did you get to the dragon episode oh I, yeah I think that was a that was a what? pretty duddy episode as well like i didn't laugh at that one as much yeah it was weird that was so, a weird so, so my, my and my one this is the one thing i'll say about it and then as i said i will move on because i don't want to spoil it for too many people but basically the the, the the and i want to come back to this maybe when you watch it or when it gets a little bit more exposure but the episode almost focused so much on being sci-fi that it forgot to be funny and it was a really weird specific criticism to make but because i know what dan Harmon's capable of and i know what the guys there are capable of and i've seen rick and morty obviously all four series but this one was like we need to make it so sci-fi and kind of feed into that aspect so much that it forgot mm. to be in any way funny and i was like oh it was just it was unusual but look maybe i'm wrong people listeners yeah. people please text like tweet at us whatever let me know email text us, us. <laughs> our numbers yeah. are <laughs> imagine uh, email us tweet at us let us know if you disagree with me because look i might it might just be me but anyway that's i just want people to realize and, and remember you can stay critical about things even because you know we want them to be better I, I i i love that show i love rick and morty i want it to be great i want it to keep being great so that's all hmm mea culpa anyway i think that's all I got. Oh yeah, well that's today. well that's us then I guess. That is us. We went that's we went cookie. from from the Beast Wars to, to to Sonic's Happy Birthday Sonic to uh some E3 games. Uh and then yeah. we, we went to from from the David Cameron's Avatar all the way through to Rick and Morty. <laughs> and his other film. So no, no, no. But Rob uh, tell the listeners where they can find our other episodes if they want to check us out. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> you can find us on SoundCloud. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. The name of the podcast is I Understood the Reference. So if you plug that into SoundCloud, um, Spotify, oh, iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, um, Podtail, Amazon, maybe. I don't know if they're not. Hi, Jeff Bezos. Uh, we're also on Pod uh, Chaser. We're in the Pod Nation group of podcasts. We also have a website, which is um, capunderstands.com. You can email us through that going, the lads at that. Uh, oh, uh, the lads at capunderstands.com. That'll get to us. Also, the Twitter is very conveniently at capunderstands. That's, that's the Twitter handle. That's the kind of, that's the that's the whole kind of gambit there, I think. I think that's the, the main We put stick. up a clip the other day from, from our Uncharted, a charting Uncharted, one of our segments, and it God. got a ludicrous amount of views on Twitter. I have to say, I was like, what's going on here? Well, whatever, I'll take it. You must have been very effective with the hashtags. Oh, yeah. Maybe people agreed as well. Everybody's going to agree with that. That's It's obvious. But also, we're, we're also film. on Acast now as well. And look, we got an email from somebody called Carlos telling us that we're doing very good in Romania. So look, if there's, if there's Romanian <laughs> listeners listening, hi guys, hi everybody over Hello. there. Hello. Glad you're listening and glad you're on board. But uh, that that pretty much that uh, wraps us up in a nice little bow. Beast Wars! Anyway, so really, all that's left to say is that I've been Ross. Oh! And I've been Rob. And this has been I Understood That Reference. Thanks very much for listening. Kjart galore. Up she she flew in the cockfaster. I'm going to beat that again. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you will. David Cameron's avatar. In the not-too-distant future, following the rapid succession of World Wars 3 and 4, there's not much left. All that remains is a place where folks get together to read and discuss comic books. You've found one of those transmissions today. Welcome to The Last Comic Shop. Rate, review, and subscribe to our weekly comic book reviews at www.pastcomicshoppodcast.com. <laughs>